Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to talk with Josh Curtis, an investment banker, about the investment banking process and the selling your business process at least at the outset of a possible engagement. So Josh, Josh, welcome. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, We're at our annual conference right now, and Josh spoke earlier. Uh, He and his partner have a great investment banking firm in the Midwest of of the states, and I think you work nationwide. We do, absolutely, yeah, Canada as well. Okay, that's very good. And I, I would like Josh to talk about the scenario that business owners encounter all of the time these days. And that's where an outside person or a company that they've probably never heard of solicit them uh, with the solicitation of, we're interested in buying your company. And maybe the dangers of the owner going ahead and starting to talk to that owner first of all, without talking to their exit planner and other advisors, but is there an alternative sale process that is likelier to benefit that owner more than what we call the negotiated sale? So that's, sure. if you could talk about that, that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I think, I mean, look, there's more outreach now than ever. Right. right? I mean, when you look at the, the advisors, the private equity groups, you know, just the amount of business development or, or corporate development people out there reaching out to owners directly is like we've never seen. Right. Whenever we start a process and engage with the client, they'll give us emails, printed letters, <laughs> you know, things that came in the mail. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I think we definitely walk into situations where owners are talking to one or more buyers. And I think, you know, some of those owners that, that are engaged with one buyer how do they know what the market value of their business is, right? It's what the buyer told them. Exactly, right? <laughs> or something that they had in their brain that yeah. their friend at the country club sold yeah. for or whatever, right? And, um, and, and so for some owners, they say, look, I don't want to run a process. I'm, I'm happy with the value. I'd like mm-hmm. to keep it confidential. I like this group. And we've helped owners through that and made the best deal we can. Um, but... What you never know is, is there an outsized transaction out there? Um, I mean, we've done a few deals recently where, you know, our instinct at looking at comps and, and doing, uh, you know, kind of our market assessment might have been seven, eight, nine times. Um, you know, we EBITDA. Have, oh, oh, yeah, uh, multiple of EBITDA. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of those we took to market and we got 15 times. You know, the business was about $2 million of EBITDA. So, so <laughs> this is really an important point. So there, there, in a sense, there's three levels of value we could theoretically be talking about. The first one is what the buyer offered to pay. Mm-hmm. The second one is what a normal sales process would yield, a market value. Mm-hmm. And then there's this third level that doesn't happen with every business by any means. Right. But sometimes that your company, if you're a business owner, will have a greater value to a particular buyer than to all the other buyers, and they're going to be forced to pay that higher value through this controlled auction process right. that you guys engage in. So it's, if you're an advisor, it's really important for you as a non-MA advisor to involve invest, investment bankers 
uh, in a negotiated versus controlled auction scenario to help persuade your client to to engage in a controlled auction process. So having said that, tell me a little bit about the controlled auction process. Yeah, so for us, a lot of it starts with preparation. So it's critically important to uh, go to market in a way that creates as much certainty for the buyer Mm -hmm. and for the seller as possible. So, you know, for us, that starts with, you know, anchoring the negotiations with the quality of earnings report. Mm -hmm. So virtually all of our sell side processes, um, we would engage a a third party CPA firm, come in, really scrub the numbers uh, and and get to the point that we have firm EBITDA figures, cash flow figures that a buyer can rely on Mm -hmm. through a reputable accounting firm that, that, you know, that they trust that has, you know, brand awareness. Um, we would develop a confidential information memorandum. So we'd create maybe a 30 to 50 page deck, uh, really highlighting uh, all the different areas of the business from operations to uh, you know, the team, customers, vendors, all those types of things. Um, and, and I think what is important there is we, we don't just paint a rosy picture, right? You have to tell the business both the positive and the negative to these buyers, because they're not going to look at it and say, well, you're telling me this business is perfect and there's only, uh, you know, positive attributes. You got to be really honest. And, and we believe, you know, we say, look, you got to tell a real honest story. Because there's going to be due diligence, right? Absolutely. They're going to find that out if it's not a good, not a good story or something, or if they're trying to hide something. Exactly. And I think if you're transparent through the process, buyers are going to have more comfort paying up because you're going to tell them both the good and the bad, whereas they're not going to be worried about well, what, what might we find that could be yeah. a, a negative consequence to paying a high price. So you create this information, this information package, and then you inform the buyer marketplace of their ability to buy your client's company? Yeah, so we would develop what we call a teaser, a profile of our client that's non-specific. Gives a, a general idea of the industry, the type of business that it is, relative revenue and, and EBITDA size. Um, sometimes we'll say geography, sometimes we won't, given the, the sensitivity or the nature of the business. And we will also develop a list of buyers. So we do not blast this on websites. Right. Uh, we are very targeted in our mm-hmm. approach. Uh, you know, we, we subscribe to you know a, a six-figure check of, of software right. uh, packages that, that help us develop lists of buyers. You know, a lot of it's uh, as well as networking, um, uh, you know, good old-fashioned Google research sure. and all those sure. types of things uh, to develop that list of buyers. Our client has ultimate say on who we go to. So sometimes there might be sensitivity with a right. competitor or. Uh, uh, you know, so, something that would cause our client to, to want to avoid a, pers- mm-hmm. a specific mm-hmm. buyer. Uh, we would then take that teaser and a confidentiality agreement out to the market to that approved buyers list. Uh, we would secure the confidentiality agreement. We would share our confidential information memorandum, uh, oftentimes the quality of earning report. We would have uh, those prospective buyers submit uh, what we call an indication of interest, mm-hmm. kind of a non-binding high-level overview Mm -hmm. of value terms. And you're narrowing down the list of potential buyers as you go through each of these partial steps. Right, yeah, part of that would be us vetting them and part of them would be falling out on their own. Um, So yeah, think of it as a funnel for sure, right? It would would start with 150, 200 names maybe for a big process. Mm -hmm. Um, And our hope is we can get as many indications of interest as possible. 
So let, let's say we get 10 indications of interest. You know, we might select three to five where our client would uh, invite them in. We'd have uh, a couple day session of meetings and touring facilities and dinner um, and really allow both parties to get to know one another, mm -hmm. ask questions of each other um, and, and really provide a, a greater level of diligence for the buyer to be able to then move forward to a letter of intent. And inherent in that is having more than one buyer who's inter interested at this level because they know they're competing against other qualified buyers who also have financing capability. Right. So they're, they have to offer better terms than anyone else. It might be more money, it may be more cash up front, maybe fewer representations we have to make. Mm -hmm. And that's part, that's what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. you know, what, what we try to say is through the process is we want to help our client. Most of them end up having a preferred buyer, right? Someone that they just feel culturally fits, that, that they really are drawn to. And what we try to do is get that buyer that they prefer to work with to, to mirror or to exceed the terms, you know, price, et cetera, mm -hmm. of the other bidders. So it's, it's, it's a pretty effective process for us. I mean, we've had good success really getting the preferred buyer to the best, uh, you know, to the best transaction. Be and again, because the preferred buyer is not going to pay any more money than they have to right. to buy this business. So we have to make them have to pay more money through the controlled auction process. Right. And I think the beauty of it is we never have an asking price, right? Mm -hmm. We never start our processes with anything that resembles an asking price. We oftentimes get buyers calling us saying, well, can you give us some guidance or what are the seller's <laughs> expectations? We'll never give it, yeah. right? You know, what we're, we're strong believers of is the market is going to tell us what our business is worth because everyone views it differently. Right. I mean, this is, I guess it's capitalism at its <laughs> rawest, really. Sure. Uh, and sometimes you, if you're uh, an owner th selling your business, the top price may not be as important as maybe some other aspects of a deal. And that can all again be negotiated. Yeah. I mean, I, as I was walking into the room and finishing that call, it was a client whereby uh, one buyer had offered 19 million and the other had offered 17 million. And they were really going head to head kind of at the end. And uh, she said, look, I feel more confident in the, in the lower price of what the future for my employees, what the future for yeah. my customers is. And I, the, the money is not going to make me sleep better at night. I feel better about what my legacy is going to be selling to this buyer who's willing to pay a little bit less um, and can't quite get to that top value, but it's the right group. So that is, that's, again, why our members at BEI work with investment bankers. They ha all have investment bankers on their team of advisors they can call upon. Uh, to give owners the flexibility and the opportunity of selling their business when they want to the person they choose at the value they need to have or want to have. And that really is why we plan. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exaplaining.com.